0: What is up, Black City, and welcome back to Spocast. You're about to listen to a special episode with Spokane real estate agent, Tacey Van Leeuwen-Riddle of Sweet Home Local. This is going to be a new quarterly bonus podcast where Tacey will help me dive into the heartbeat of Spokane's real estate market and give us insight into those market trends that shape the Lilac City. Tacey has been a real estate agent in Spokane for the past eight years and has consistently been a top producer in the Inland Northwest. Her passion for helping people in the Spokane community make the perfect marriage to assist first-time home buyers and local investors looking to expand their portfolios. Currently, Tacey works for Four Degrees Brokerage and recently launched her own business brand, Sweet Home Local. Here's a quick quote from Tacey about Sweet Home Local. After years in the industry, I acknowledge one recurring theme that drives my business. I love what I do. I place incredibly high value on being a local resource and a trusted advisor for my community. And above all, I want to be the ride or die friend who goes above and beyond to advocate for you and to walk by your side during some of the biggest transactions that you'll likely ever be a part of. To give you a little bit of background of how I know Tacey, we went to high school together This just this last year, we reconnected for our 20th high school class reunion, and I just thought that this podcast needed to be recorded because I want to know what's going on in the real estate market. We all have those conversations with our friends, our family, you know, how much does your house cost? Talk about all the people that are moving to Spokane and how the property values are going up. You know, there's just so much there, and I thought this needs to be a quarterly podcast that we can talk about. And find out what is happening within the Spokane real estate market. So that's why I started doing this. And uh, I, I really think this podcast is for anyone who's looking to move to Spokane, people that are already moving to Spokane, uh, first time buyers looking to buy in Spokane. You know, if you're an, maybe an investor looking to buy properties, you know, it's really for people who live in our region and wanna learn more about our current real estate market. And so if you're interested in learning more about Tacy and Sweet Home Local or know someone who's looking to buy a home in Spokane, send them to sweethomespokane.com. That's Tacy's website. Um, and you can learn all, all about her, her new business brand and what she's doing and go follow her on Instagram. All of this stuff will be in the description of this podcast. So go check it out there. Um, and I really want to get into this conversation. So I got a quick word from our sponsor. Main Market Food Co op was founded in 2010 with just 700 member owners. And in the last 13 years, it has become a vibrant part of downtown Spokane with over 9,000 member owners today. Its focus is on equal respect for its consumers, producers, and the environment. And Main Market is dedicated to offering the highest quality foods with the smallest footprint while supporting the strength of our local food economy. As a full service grocery store, bakery, and deli, Main Market Food Co op is your one stop shop for all of your grocery needs. So whether you're looking for a delicious meal or a well-stocked grocery store, Maine Market Food Co-op is the place for you. Visit them today at the corner of Maine and Brown in downtown Spokane. As always, this podcast could not be done without my amazing Patreon supporters, and they are Joe Van Voorhees, Elizabeth Geyer, Abby Pointer, Lee Wick, Gina Campbell, Tyler Poole, Sarah Thorpe, Judy Pointer, Zach Hawkins, Amber Sparks, Luke Baumgarten, Valerie Ozier, Alex Leia, Nick Spanger, and Elizabeth and Bill Pointer. Thank you all again so much for being Patreon supporters, Spokastonites. If you want to become a Spokastonite and support what I'm doing here at Spocast, go to patreon.com slash Spokast. Well, I will not keep you any longer. Here is TC Van Leuven, a sweet home local, talking all about Spokane's real estate market. This is... Spocast. Well, I'm sitting here with uh, Tacey Van Leuven Riddle of uh, Sweet Home Local, and she is a, a a realtor here in Spokane. And we're actually we we go back a, a very very long way. Um, so long. We we went to elementary school, I think, for a, a moment together, but then we definitely went to junior high and high school together at Mount Spokane High School, and. And if anyone wants to go back into the archives, we, we do have an interview when we did the the Mount <laughs> Spo cast. But that that interview is all about going to high school together and memoring, memoring, remembering. You know what high school is like for our twentieth an- uh, anniversary. Man, I'm just butchering new, all the words.
1: New verb of the day: memorying. memoring.
0: Memorying. Uh, I like but it. for our twentieth class reunion, which you helped put together, and I kind of. Was there to help do some stuff, but it was fun.
1: Totally helped. It was a blast.
0: Um, and but we didn't really know each other well in high school. We knew each other, I think, but uh, we 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 weren't friends. And but I I now consider you are a good friend. So we were,
1: we were acquaintances. We were never not friends. Yes. But never like yeah BFF status. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Okay.
0: Right. I I mean I feel like you know. If we were transported twenty years backwards in time, we would definitely be friends now. Probably so, BFFs. B- BFFs. Uh, I would have died to have a, even one friend that was a girl in high school. So uh, <laughs> I'm just joking. Da- if anyone's listening, that it was a friend of mine in high school that was a girl. Uh, take I, it back. I'll take. I take that back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I want to start with y- you in Spokane. When did were you born and raised here, or did your did your family move here?
1: Yeah, so I was born and raised, good old Deaconess Hospital. Oh, Deaconess,
0: that's the next question. Where were you born at? Yep,
1: 7:03 p.m.
0: Oh, wow. seven. So I was 7:11 p.m. Oh. And uh what when what, what's your birthday? April, April 9th. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't is that Gemini? Aries. Aries. I had to think about that for a minute. I don't know those things. I don't My either. wife knows them really well and I I don't really take I take a little stock in it, just, but I don't. Everyone can be a, a little piece of all those things. I feel like <laughs> it's like
1: the ENFP, right wing, left. I don't. I yeah, don't, no, it's I
0: don't know any that. a lot of. It's a lot of. I, I, I don't want to say mumbo jumbo because I think people do really. They really take stock in it, and I don't want to offend anybody. But yeah. I don't take much stock in it. So, um, <gasps> so. You obviously, you went to school here, like, elementary through junior high, but what were your early memories of living in Spokane? Like, you grew up on the north side in Colbert. I
1: did. Early memories, gosh. I I remember it being really cold in the winters, <laughs> and I remember wishing it would not be so cold in the yeah. winters. Um It was always just camping in the summers and mm. boating and... Yeah. um yeah we had an rv back in the day like an old school kind of dumpy one and we would just drive it around we would like take little road trips to canada and um i don't know i feel like spokane was always just kind of the base Mm -hmm. of of all the adventure and growing up and then you're so close to other things too we just tied it all together all the time did
0: you ever like spend much time did you ever come downtown as a kid do you remember coming down here at all
1: I remember the IMAX theater. Mm-hmm. We'd come down and watch movies on the the big old screen at the IMAX and the carousel.
0: Yeah. The, We'd yeah. do the
1: field trips, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. down to Riverfront Park. Mm-hmm. I remember those. Um, I don't ever remember, like, going to shop. I mean.
0: Yeah. I think the only thing I really remember about downtown was I remember going to Eddie Bauer. <laughs> at, like a lot. And Eddie Bauer is like. I, I think it's in where the old city hall is or in the new where the city hall is now. I don't know. It's like kind of over there, like where post used to go through. Yeah. Um, and like was where that, like in the river park square where it's like all like an atrium now, like that was just our, that was just between two buildings. And I remember going down there and going shopping every once in a while, but we mostly lived on the North side. Like I, my memories of a kid and, in and, North Spokane was like going to Target and walking True. around. Yes, like. <laughs> a lot
1: of Target. Big trip to Northtown Mall. Oh yes, that was a big yeah. adventure away from the north side.
0: Once I got a car, or once my friends had cars, we would we would go to Northtown all the time and uh-huh. just mall walk and go down to the 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 video game place downstairs and kind of just do it like just. Just hang out there on a Saturday. So. Oh, my
1: God. We were just talking about this with someone, about <laughs> the first in your friend group to have a driver's license mm. and how m- how responsible they were for your social lives from that point totally, on. Totally, yeah. Like Target yeah. and all the social things was just the responsibility of the driver. I, was- didn't,
0: I didn't get my license until I was 17 years old because I had bad grades. My parents thought that not have, letting me have a driver's license was like, uh, a punishment for... And really, it was just, like, my friends just drove me everywhere or my dad would drive me places. And like, then
1: your dad punished himself because exactly. he then had to drive you yeah.
0: <laughs> everywhere. Oh, and also, like, I was such a procrastinator of signing up for classes and stuff like that, too. It was... Because back then, we did it in school. We, like, did it before school at Mount Spokane. Like, I took a class and, like, we, I had to be there for, like, a, maybe a quarter or a certain amount of weeks where we we did the class before school and then we would also do like drive around and oh the driver's the ed. driver's ed. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah it wasn't like a class in school but it was just like a class before school so yeah no it's it's i love whenever i get up on the north side now like it it does just bring back so many memories like it feels like home isn't like, it funny
1: then you drive through the valley and you're like i don't no, i've lived in spokane my whole life and the valley feels like a whole different world it like, does i don't know i don't know where the nearest starbucks is i don't know how to get all the little <laughs> short back roads but yeah north side is home
0: man uh do you know that you know the trick well you don't probably go up the green bluff too much because you're like because you, it's green bluff season right now like or or was and I amazed my wife like a, m- years ago when, you know, like now you go up there and there's just lines of traffic going up there. It's terrible. But if you grew up on the north side, you know that there's multiple roads that go to Green Buff that no one drives on. That's true. And I've, I like blew her mind because it was literally backed up all the way to like, it was, it would have been an hour wait. And I was like, nope, we're just going to drive kind of around and go up these kind of windy Dirt roads and get up to took us up to the backside of Seamers and there's another one that goes on the up to the backside of Beck's Harvest House and uh, I'm sure all those neighbors don't want anyone knowing that those exist. Okay,
1: that's funny because I <laughs> I have a new because I live out kind of on the prairie. Mm, yeah, So basic Grand Bluff and I have a driving route a an October driving oh. route to get home. Totally is way different than any other month of the year because traffic at those four-way stops is it's insane yeah people sit in a line there for 30 minutes to go through the stop sign
0: that's it's it's a little bit nuts i i and i it's i went up there a couple weeks ago and nothing against going up there i think it's a great experience for everyone to have i was amazed that they were charging for parking and i was and i understand like they have to there's infrastructure there There people are like, you kind of have to manage that. And I now, I, I now, I kind of realize like that's why they charge for parking. But when we were kids, we were going up there, we were going to Beck's Harvest House, Walters Fruit Ranch, you know, all the, the staples. And like, there was no lines, it was there was no pain for parking. It was just no. like, go there, get some pumpkins, get some apples, get some other things. And like, it wasn't never like an event like it is today. It's
1: so different. It's like pros and cons where. You love just the down home, natural. It's agriculture. I mean, yeah. it's farmers up there. It's yeah. the local businesses. You love that. Yeah. But then for them to keep going and and make a money, make a money, make a living, it has to also be tourism.
0: Tor- totally, yeah.
1: So it's like a it's a love hate. You love what they're doing, but when you're local experience it, you're like, oh. tourists but tour you have to go tourists it's awesome
0: but here's my secret about going up there to anyone who really wants to know like a local's perspective of going up to green bluff go up there enjoy it do it all whatever you want to do but i would say your first stop should be go to big barn brewing because they don't have a line for pumpkin donuts and they have them there they have beer they have all the things all the things you can go pick pumpkins out of the patch you can go pick apples if it's in season like there's so many things to do there and there's a lot of people there but it's never never seems nearly as busy as you know the other places
1: or go during the week
0: or go during the week exactly not on a
1: Saturday Sunday <laughs> go drink some beer and yeah not have to sit at a stop sign for thirty minutes and it's, <laughs> right? it's a win
0: uh uh well I like after after growing up here like You, you did, you did, you did go away. You went to California for like a couple of years, right? I did. For college.
1: I ventured out for a few years.
0: And the the question I always love asking people about that, and I think we probably talked about this on the last time we had were on the podcast was, uh, what brought you back and was it out of spite or were you homesick or, and like, what were your feelings when returning home? Like.
1: Yeah. Good question. <laughs> so it, it was kind of on accident. Um mm. so I went to college down in Santa Barbara and I met I have an, an awesome girl good friend down there. And we I decided instead of staying at this really expensive, awesome undergrad school called Westmont College. I actually mm. loved it, it was great. I wanted to go just jump into a nursing program. Oh. Uh. So my goal was to move to sacramento there was a nursing program she was from sacramento we had this grand plan together to go home for the summer mm. so if she was going to go home to sacramento i was going home to spokane and then i was going to move back to sacramento move in with her yeah do my nursing program and i came home for the summer and i talked to her and she's like tacy i just got an awesome job i got an awesome new roommate in a new house. I don't think I can move in with you. Oh. Oh, I was so bummed. I was so bummed. So I'm up here in Spokane like, okay, well, now what? Yeah. And I I basically decided to not go mm. because half of the adventure was going to be with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I called Eastern and I somehow finagled my way into them letting me in for the fall because I, I was late mm. to... Transfer and so I ended up by default just staying here, but it, it was not the plan. Yeah. At the time to stay here, um, I'm glad I did. Yeah. I'm I'm glad how it worked out. Things always happen for a reason. But totally. At the moment, it was it was a little bit of a gut punch.
0: Yeah, that would be a, a gut punch. Like, yeah, it's one of those what if moments. Like, what if that wouldn't have happened? Would you Would you be here in Spokane I know. now? Um,
1: you can go down that rabbit hole.
0: You can. You really can. I. I think about. I mean, I don't. I don't dwell on that ever yeah. very often. But it is. It's one of those things. I. It's more fun for me to think about than it is to like ever like think about what if because yeah. yeah.
1: You can't do that because then you don't go down like a dark weird rabbit hole. It's always just the you know like those books, the choose your own adventure books. Mm-hmm. It's like that. If I if I chose the red door instead of the green stairway which adventure do i go on Mm -hmm. one of those rabbit holes
0: and then so after college you then became like what you went to school for originally
1: uh kinesiology okay and occupational therapy was my master's right
0: and then that's what you what you did for a, a number of years correct yep and what like so you obviously you you loved you or you wanted to work with people or take care of people. I mean, I, I don't know if that's exactly true, but like, if you wanted to become a nurse, it kind of seems like you do. You have to have a little bit of that, right? <laughs> totally, totally.
1: It's um, I always I feel like I thrive off of being like a caregiver. Mm. Like some people, I just I get kind of filled up by feeling like I'm helping someone in need. It's like, you know the the defenseless Hmm. animals or the, the underserved populations. Like I, my heart is just really soft to Hmm. that. Yeah. So I knew I always want to do something in that regard. Um, and that's how I ended up going into OT. Mm Mm-hmm. Um,
0: occupational therapy. Yes. And obviously you're not doing that anymore. You're now, you now have your own business, uh, sweet home local. You're a real realtor. And like what, what was the moment like you're like i don't want to be do ot anymore i want to do something different yeah. like was it just like a like a quarter life crisis. <laughs> I know, right? You could
1: you could call it that. I so no I, offense, obviously. <laughs> How old are we? I mean,
0: I'm um, literally a 40 year old who like started a podcasting business like two years ago. So like, if we talk about midlife crisis, <laughs> I love it. Uh, quarter
1: life, big distinction. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, no, so I was working at a skilled nursing facility, and. Three 10-hour shifts was full-time mm. for them. So I was working three days a week, three really long days a week, but that was my full-time job. Mm. And eventually, maybe this was a quarter-life crisis, but I had four days a week, and I was like, okay, uh, I I have to be doing something to occupy my brain. This was, this was one of the moments in life where I was just not, you know just trying to find your way like totally. big changes in life and families and mm-hmm. um and I weirdly have always loved looking at houses I bought my first house in 2008 okay which was a terrible time to buy in hindsight but it all <laughs> right? worked out yeah and I left my real estate notifications on in my email just because I liked seeing the houses mm. so yeah I think I was checking my email, and I'm like, you know, I like looking at houses. I wonder what it takes to become a realtor. I'm going to just study and read and use my four days a week to mm. just learn something new. Yeah. Um. So I did, and it was never supposed to be a full-time it's just thing.
0: Like, I mean, I don't want to call it like a hobby, but it like almost it, like th- a- That's totally how it started. Yeah. yeah
1: just something new to f- fulfill my brain at the moment, and... The first house I sold was my own and mm. I the friends I worked with in the medical community, I helped them buy a house, but it was always just kind of a side weekend after work, you know, yeah. kind of a hobby. And then they referred me out, then I would get busier and then I got more clients. And I mean, flash forward two years later, I was mm-hmm. doing both full time. I was oh, doing wow. OT full time. Real estate full-time, living on my own. I'm like, okay, why am I working so hard? I don't have a ton of bills right now. Yeah. I don't need to be working 80 hours a day. Yeah. uh, So I started decreasing my OT hours um, and jumping into real estate. And I actually switched jobs to work in home health just so I could have more flexibility with my patients to do real estate on Mm -hmm. the side. Yeah. Yeah. And so I switched to a new company and a couple of months later, there was all sorts of new Medicare guidelines and they had to shift everything around at the company. And I was their most recent hire and I got laid off. Mm. And I was like, well, all right, God, this is my sign. Like if I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing, mm-hmm. I no longer am working two jobs. Totally. So it kind of just shoved me into the real estate realm and. Off, I went
0: and never looked back. Never looked the, back. That, you know what's funny? Like I, I think a lot of people they go to school, they get their bachelor's, and they like, and some get their masters. And you spend so much. Well, you know, I wouldn't say you say I wouldn't say you spend so much time. You spent probably four or five years of your life doing that, and and I feel like so many people have t- look at that time in their life, and they're like. I can't do anything but this because this is what I spent all this money on. It's what I have student loans in. And, like, and I imagine that was probably a very difficult thing for you to even probably think about at the time. Like, totally. Yeah.
1: It's just a weird mindset of, I feel like there was almost kind of a stigma of, I have this awesome master's degree. <laughs> right. I was working in healthcare. Yeah. And I hate a lot of, not hate, but. A lot of sitcoms and silly comedies, like the realtor is always mm. the airhead, <laughs> right. like the ditzy lady or the really rude, shrewd businessman that takes advantage of people. And I'm like, OK, I just went from a really respectable t- career <laughs> to this. But, I mean, it it's not that at all. It's um, yeah. There's actually a lot of weird similarities between caregiving, caretaking, being an advocate for patients mm-hmm. to then being an advocate for people going through really... There's a lot of emotion.
0: Oh, totally. I mean, it is a very emotional time to like... I mean, some people are uprooting their life and moving somewhere else and you're probably selling their house and then yeah. other people are uprooting their life from somewhere else and buying a house or people are just upgrading. But like still that, that connection of having a owning a house for... You know, we lived in our first house for 12 years and like, our, like leaving the first house that we bought, you know it was a little emotional and like, and like it is like, and there's so many like emotions that go into like how you deal with like your realtor. Like I imagine like, I can imagine you probably get a lot of, you you get a lot of emotional people who are like maybe nasty texts, nasty phone calls, like, or even like really sad stuff too. Like it, you probably, it runs a gamut of emotions. It does. (laughs) It does.
1: And a lot of times it's, I mean, it's because of, Divorce, mm. Or oh, yeah. because someone lost a loved one, they have to downsize. Yeah. Or like there's there's a lot of real emotion, you know, yeah. going into it.
0: But I think what you're getting at was... And I heard it earlier is like you love taking care of people. And like being a good realtor is about taking care of someone. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's, that's actually nailed it on the head. That's what I love the most mm. about it. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Well, I want to get into... Your business and the real estate market here in Spokane. Uh, but bef- before we do that, I want to play the Spocast Hot List. It's a game where I'm going to say one word, and you're going to say the first word that comes to your mind as it relates to Spokane. Okay. And the first question I always ask is park. Audubon. Coffee. Indaba. Ooh. Shopping. Target. I will give you that just because it is. It feels so ingrained it in, in like Spokane to it me does. too. <laughs> uh, burger. Uh,
1: this is this is weird. Outback.
0: Oh, weird! It is. weird. I know.
1: <laughs> I used to love their burgers.
0: I used to. I mean, I I love their blooming onions. Yeah. I don't ever go there, but I would love to have a blooming onion. <laughs> it's a good one. It's a good one. Uh, sweet treats.
1: Ooh. I just think of my mom's chocolate chip cookies. I mean, technically, she lived in Spokane, so that's a local Spokane she answer. Does she sell right? them? No, <laughs> she does not
0: sell them. <laughs> well, you, next time we do this, we uh, you should bring in some uh, deal some some cookies from your from your mom. Kay. I will say your mom has been a I, I didn't even mention that your mom has been a guest on this podcast.
1: She's such a stud.
0: And uh, remind you, I can't I, her, Trista. Trista Trista Jordan Trista Jordan. She's a makeup artist to the stars. And he <laughs> yep. Uh, neighborhood,
1: Summerwood. Is
0: that where you live? Yeah, okay, It's <laughs> where I used to live growing oh, up. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yep. like, uh, breakfast or brunch?
1: The yards,
0: mm. pizza, a
1: hut, even though they're not local. Sorry, <laughs> they, had, they had that was back in the day, it was all about Pizza Hut. But
0: I feel like if you're thinking, like there was nothing up north that was besides a pizza pipeline, and and Pizza Hut. Like I think yeah. that was like, two things we could even get delivered to our house in in Eaglewood. See, now um, you got
1: me back in the. I'm in like my 1990s brain. So when you yeah. say these words, I'm thinking back in the day. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm and gonna you
0: probably p- seen it. Like they they've tore down the Pizza Hut.
1: It's yeah, it's a I parking know. lot now, isn't now, it? The,
0: I don't I, I thought they were building something there I don't know but I was I was I actually saw on up on Sullivan there is still a walk in pizza hut that's like the old school and I was like I might need to go there just to like remember what it was like to go to a pizza hut cuz it was like you could get the salad bar and then it was always this kind of dark and gloomy in there Are like you, low lighting Right. but like it just it's so nostalgic to me like going into a pizza hut I was like I, someone should buy it. Like, there's multiple pizza huts, old pizza huts that are now something else now. I was like, you, someone should just buy a pizza hut and building and put a new pizza place in there and kind of just get that old... Keep the old a, a smell, 90, like the greasy yeah, smell. Yeah, and the, the tabletop Pac-Man. I uh-huh. remember playing that all the time. A
1: little ratty booth <laughs> cloth with the tears in it. Yep.
0: Uh, music venue.
1: The Bartlett. Mm. Oh, I miss that place.
0: I miss that. Yeah, that... It was a goodie. Event. Pig out. Mm. And the last question I'm going to ask on this is uh, artist.
1: Well, Carly Ingersoll. <laughs> She's my girl.
0: Absolutely. Yep. Uh, Well, yeah, let's get into Sweet Home Local. Uh, and we should just go right into that. Uh, so you've been a, a relator for, how, so when was like your first year like doing it? Was it like?
1: 26. 20- End of 2015,
0: 2016. Okay, wow. And you were, were just working for a really like a who who was the realtor you were working for back then? Or the, I the, the started office? with Keller Williams. Okay, and and then you eventually transitioned with the Tampian Group, of uh, yep, four degrees, four degrees, and now you have started your own. Explain this. I just the one thing I know we talked about in our little in our meeting that we had pre to this is everyone's a part of like a a. Big business, and then there's all these smaller businesses within the real, real estate sure. agency. Yep, exactly. And then, but explain that.
1: So I'm still with Four Degrees. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So every every realtor has to be, they say, under the umbrella of a brokerage. Okay. So my umbrella brokerage in love them to death is Four Degrees. Mm-hmm. Now, whether you're on a team at Four Degrees or an individual agent, you can brand yourself however you want to brand yourself. So. Uh. My personal brand, so I don't just have to go around putting my name on everything because that's lame. Who wants their name on everything? Yeah. Is Sweet
0: Home Local, and this was a recent change. And you did a like a full like brand redesign. And Carly Fairbanks did your uh, logo. Yes, and I remember te- texting you when I saw the logo and you un- re- unveiled it, and I was like, th- and I I knew immediately that Carly did it, and it because it is like a very when I think of you and and how like sweet and warm you are, like your logo really encapsulates that.
1: I love that. Thanks for that.
0: <laughs> and uh, and I'm a graphic designer by trade, and so I was like, oh, this is this is perfect. I, I loved it. So
1: yeah. Well, the story behind that. I, so I was taking pictures, and I had like whole folder of color combinations and mm. and things that just kind of caught my eye as being you know warm and colorful and fun. Mm-hmm. Those were kind of the the words I was looking at. And then I was walking through River Park Square and I passed um whiz kids. Oh. oh. And I saw the big mural in their window and it was like, you know, the, the big letters and the colorful combinations and the animals and I was like, oh my gosh, I love this. Obviously not for real estate, but just the the feeling that it emotes. So I took a picture of the window (laughs) and I kept walking and like thirty feet down around the corner in the other window of WizKids, Carly was there. Yeah. Paint like doing her mural in the next corner of WizKids. And I was like, Okay, no wonder, no wonder I loved it.
0: Totally. Yeah. Carly's doing it. So I took
1: a picture and I waved and, and we chatted and I was like, Okay, well Carly has to be the one to design my new logo because
0: Absolutely. A,
1: I love her, and B, I love everything she does. So she
0: she does amazing work, and uh, and I, I, I would love someday if I ever do a redesign for Spocast, I, I would definitely probably reach out to her to to do my redesign because it, it's her aste- aesthetic is is amazing. Yeah, it's uh, great. Sweet Home Local is your business, and it is your brand now, and and you are a realtor and you what's your main focus as a realtor are you are you mostly someone that helps sell homes or do you help people buy homes do you do a little bit of both i always know that there's certain agents that specialize in either or or do both I, I i always am kind of confused by that
1: yeah so i do both okay um i think sometimes like brand new agents if they you know, move to a new city or they join a new brokerage and they don't know a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes teams will hire them to be buyers agents. Okay. So they'll go show the homes and they'll learn the city,
0: um, Mm -hmm.
1: as a buyer's agent. And then back in the day, it it used to be, you know, if you were listing homes, you've kind of made it. Yeah. Like you, you worked your way up to now being a listing agent. I don't, I don't necessarily know. I wouldn't say it's the same way anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, most people, I think, do both. Okay. Um, but it's people have, you know, their niche. Yeah. And so funny word, niche. Um, I love first-time homebuyers. Uh, yeah. I, I honestly do. It's, yeah. I think that's the, you know, being the advocate, showing them mm-hmm. all the ropes, not letting them get taken advantage of. And yeah. But I do, so I just do, residential okay so some agents do um commercial mm-hmm. or you know there's leasing agents that that lease out office spaces yeah
0: and- is there a spe- like a specialty that you and i think it sounds like your, your specialty is working with first ter- first time home buyers and and just probably finding people who you know need to buy a home correct
1: yeah and i don't even know if that's my specialty oh. i i just <laughs> really enjoy them yeah. like i i love working with them i Uh, this sounds really broad, but I just love being the local person Mm. for somebody that needs a local person. Yeah. So a lot of times it's, you know, out of town buyers that need someone boots on the ground. Mm -hmm. I love being that person for them. I have a really awesome medical lake listing coming on that she's moving across the country. And, um, I, I don't know. I just like being the person Mm. for the client. So sometimes it's for sellers. Sometimes it's for buyers.
0: Um, Do you ever say no to a client? Do you ever like, do you you either like get a bad vibe from someone you're like, or does it, cause I I imagine it's like hard to always say, the hard to say no. It is
1: hard to say. If, if I get busy and I just had this conversation with someone, if I'm like, you know, driving across the County and I do Idaho on occasion, I'll do some Idaho. mm. But, if I'm too busy to give people the the time that they need, then I'll refer them out. Oh, okay. Um, but speaking of v- bad vibes,
0: <laughs>
1: the, I had some random person text me. This was a couple of years ago. Hey, I live in South America. I think it was Columbia. I think it was Columbia. I live in Colombia. I have a vacant house in West Central I want to sell. Mm. Can you meet my friend there and tell me if you would want to list it? Oh, gosh. So many red flags. That, like,
0: yeah, no kidding.
1: Okay. This was funny. So, of course, you send out all your beacons to everybody. Like, I'm going to this house at this time if I don't answer my phone in 20 <laughs> minutes. SOS. Yeah. Um, And it was a sweet, like, I met his sister there. Ah. And... I got to talking more, and someone else had given her my name that I had worked with. So we uh. kind of put more of the story together, and and it worked out, and and it was great. And I sold his house for him. But oh, that's awesome! So like, yeah, there get, are some th- weird th- vibes. Yeah. Situations.
0: But but you yeah sometimes you got to get through that to get to like the the heart of it, right? Totally. Yeah, you
1: got to dig through it.
0: That's that's awesome. Uh, like. Take me through the process of like helping someone buy a a home for the first time, because I imagine there's people listening that have have never bought a home and maybe they're looking for a home. Like, how do you help them walk through that? Like, what what are the first steps? Is this like going out on a a Saturday and it's like going to like 50 homes? Yeah, well, (laughs) sometimes it
1: ends up being that way. No, (laughs) I I usually have an interview with a buyer. So we'll go get coffee, get lunch. If that doesn't work, just, you know, phone conversation Mm -hmm. and I like to find out their why. Mm. I mean, what are they? Some people will just tell you they want three bed, two two bathroom. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But then in talking to them, it's, you know, it's for their kids that they want to have in the future or they need a fenced yard because they have three dogs. And so some of the little things that wouldn't normally just show up on a basic MLS search. So Mm -hmm. I usually talk to them first and have a good conversation and then. Once we kind of get a feel for what they're looking for, the next big step is to talk to a lender. Okay, it's it never fails if you think you know what you're pre-approved for. If you do the you know calculators online and you think you have a budget, so you start shopping for houses and you look at homes. Um, it is inevitable you will fall in love with something
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then go try to get pre-approved and. The rates have gone up and now you can't afford it or, you know, the closing costs are more than you expected. And if you can't afford that, going forward, no house will ever compare to that first house. Right. You will be disappointed with everything. So first step, always talk to a lender, find out what your budget is, Mm -hmm. and then we shop in that budget.
0: That sounds like a a smart way to do it is like find out how much money you can, how much you can afford first, right?
1: Yeah, it's usually a good first, first step.
0: (laughs) Uh... What are what are some misconceptions about like buying a house locally? Like, is there like especially in this day and age? Like, I feel like everyone might be they're like they hear about interest rates and they hear about other things, but like, is there any misconceptions about that that like in the in the market today that people yeah. have? Like, I feel like you hear so much and how hard it is to buy right now, or how uh, yeah, like is there maybe that's not even true? <laughs> maybe it's not even that hard to buy.
1: No, you know it. The market has gotten a lot softer for buyers. Okay. So most of my buyers right now are getting seller concessions. So they're getting sellers to pay for some of their closing costs Mm. or they're getting it for under asking price. So it is not a terrible time to buy. Granted, rates are high. There's no denying that. Right. That's never fun. But if you can afford that, like if you have a budget that you're comfortable with, you can be getting some some sweet deals on purchase prices, and you're not having to compete with ten other offers like you were two years ago. Right. So it's it's not a terrible time to buy if you can afford the rates. Mm-hmm. Um, you can be getting some good deals because the the rates. I mean, you can always renegotiate. You can always the, refi yeah. down the road.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: don't count on that because we never know. There's no. Everyone always says there's no crystal ball. Like you can't. You don't know what the rates are gonna do, mm-hmm. um, so don't stretch your budget in the hopes that they're gonna come down mm-hmm. someday. But if you get into a house at a decent price, um, that's one thing. That's the most important thing.
0: I feel like people get stuck on this annual percentage rate a lot, like, and I, I feel like it's like something that, people like. Do people need to worry about it? Like, is it, yeah, like, is it anything that, like, if you're renting, you're putting that in your and if you're renting right now, it's, you're probably paying a lot of money for, or for rent. And if you're thinking about buying a house, it's always, I mean, I always say it, think it's better to buy than, than to rent, but I don't know if that's true either. <laughs>
1: yeah. It, I mean, honestly, it, it's kind of a case by case basis for yeah. some people. Renting is the best option. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're only going to live here for, you know, 12 months and then they're not sure if they're going to be in the town, mm. I would say rent. Yeah. Um, yeah. But again, yeah, you're you're giving your landlord hundred percent of your money. You're yeah. not building equity. Um, you're you're just paying to live and it's not an investment in yeah. your future at that point. But when you have high interest rates, mm-hmm. there are things you can do to bring them down. Okay. So you can do a rate buy down right off the bat. So if you have an extra, you know, 10K X amount of money, you can throw it at your rate and have a permanent rate buy down. Okay. So you keep your your Rate low for the majority of your loan,
0: mm-hmm.
1: or you can do like they're called two one rate buy downs. Okay, so lenders are going crazy with with these right now too. But you can essentially buy your percentage point down by two points for the first year, one point for the second year, and then you're back up to the to where you were. But that's part of what seller concessions can do. So there's things you can do with the interest rate
0: mm-hmm. right now
1: with in a softer market. Yeah.
0: Um, when we were first time home buyers, and this is back in 2007. So like, it's, it's not apples and apples, but like, is having, putting a lot of money down on a house now, like preferable, like to, for most lenders. I feel like the, there used to be the old adage, like you spend three months of salary on a, on a wedding on ring. A wedding ring and, and, I, and like, and now it's like 10% on, on, the, the cost of the house i don't know if 10 percent or 20 percent. i don't know how much it is but like is there a rule of thumb like this is how much money you should have if you're wanting to buy the house of your dreams
1: yeah i i feel like a common a common thing you hear all the time is 20 20 mm. down for a conventional loan you oh. you hear that a lot yeah but in reality there are so many other different ways Mm -hmm. to do it you can do five percent conventional loans you can do if you have a va loan Mm. if you were a veteran you can do a zero down zero percent down um fha has three and a half percent down programs so they're all based on your credit score Mm -hmm. or um your you know debt to income ratio or there's a hundred different scenarios that there's not one right answer for everybody Mm -hmm.
0: If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. I was going to go back to 2 years ago cuz I feel like 2 years ago was a really weird time in Spokane. <laughs> I mean like we were just coming out of covid or and I mean we were still kind of in it 2 years ago obviously, but I feel like everyone was going nuts about like either they were in a they their house had like gone up 50% mm-hmm. like and people who were wanting to buy like were like, "Well, I'm never going to be able to afford a house in Spokane now because like, the costs are astronomical and or like you were you had a house that you're like now I need to sell it so I can so I can make all that money on it like what was like
1: mayhem was
0: it just mayhem (laughs) yeah oh my gosh (laughs) that
1: was yeah no that was nuts it was a lot of it was because of COVID yeah um you know everybody working remotely so people that thought they had to live in big cities and big metro Seattle and Portland and San Francisco they now can work from anywhere Mm -hmm. so why would you want to pay $5,000 Five thousand a month for rent when you can move to beautiful little Spokane and you know buy a house and still make your California income. Mm-hmm. So we had a lot, and the housing so contractors builders were slower because nobody could work for months. Uh, Everything kind of shut down, so yeah. the building supply was shortened. Mm-hmm. Um, people were moving here, so that was just kind of a giant housing crisis altogether. But. Yeah.
0: Has that eased up a little bit? I mean, I, obviously we're having an influx of people moving to Spokane still, but uh, you know, obviously it's eased up a little bit, but, but it has, but I feel like that's what's caused like, and that's the night nationwide thing is why we have this high annual percentage rate. Right. Cause cause of the supply chains and like the, the, and like places the big cities you go to a big city like seattle or san francisco or la and you look at these housing prices and you're like it costs this much money for a house in la i could buy this house in spokane for like a quarter of the price like i think it's what makes people like want to move here then the local people who've lived in spokane their whole life they're like well now i can't even afford to buy a house in my hometown so they feel like What's where can I go now? Would I have to move to Montana? Like like I feel like that is kind of a misconception, right? Oh, stay here. Spokenite, stay here. (laughs) Right.
1: It's the cost of living in Spokane is still so much lower or or on par at least with with the other big little cities in the country. Mm -hmm. Like we're not a big city where cost of living is is through the roof. So our our home prices have gone up since our demand has gone up so Mm -hmm. since 2020 2021 when demand went through the roof our prices have gone up yeah um but they're still nowhere near the the Seattle and even the Coeur d'Alene market oh really yeah it's I mean demand has gone down Mm -hmm. since then so we're seeing a little bit longer time on the market Mm -hmm. and a few less listings every month so um yeah demand has gone down a little bit but Stay here, Spokaneites. <laughs> we love you. We need you.
0: We do. I should ask, like, about that. Like, there are with the influx of people. Like, it, obviously, two years ago, it was through the roof. People moving to Spokane. Like, what do you do? You keep an eye on like how many people are moving into Spokane. Like, is there like I imagine like there has to be some type of wave that you know what's going on by who's buying houses, right?
1: Yeah. So, what a lot of us realtors look at is. Um, It's just called the housing inventory. So how Mm -hmm. many months of inventory do we have in active listings? Okay. So right now, I think at this moment, it's gone up to, I think it's like 2.3. So we have 2.3 months of, if the same amount of buyers came every month, we would have two and a third months of houses for sale before everything was sold.
0: And that's if no one ever listed another house and spoke. Correct. So that's
1: at one moment in time. Yeah. So back in the the crazy days a couple years ago, we had like less than a month of inventory. Oh, wow. So it's, I mean, it's still a healthy amount. We still Mm -hmm. have a healthy market, but it's not the, the craze of mayhem what's like the goldilocks
0: zone is it like three months four months like is there is there like a place that you like you you would hope the market would be at
1: i think it's healthy right now okay so we're not buyers aren't having to compete and wave inspections and Mm. give sellers their firstborn child to get a house (laughs) right you know it's Sellers are having to be realistic, yeah. and they can't price their house sixty grand over what it's worth, yeah. and expect three offers on it still. So I think we're at a healthy space right now. Yes, the rates are high, but there's still a healthy amount of buyers. Mm-hmm. There's still sellers are still selling their listings. I, if there were to be a Goldilocks zone, I think, I think we've kind of settled a bit into mm. kind of a norm, a steady norm
0: okay that's good yeah i want to go back to like to your well-being during those that two years ago like oh, man was it was it fun or i know it was you said it was chaos but like like could you ever maintain on a level like that in spoke like if, I, if it was always oh, like that in spokane
1: <laughs> i think i would have a lot more gray hairs if it was like that all the time um i think i was i mean just me personally i was averaging like five to nine transactions going at the same time holy cow at any given moment. Like if I didn't have, you know, four or five transactions going at once, it was like, oh my gosh, something's wrong. <laughs> I'm not I'm not doing enough. And and now it's like, okay, I'll have, you know one going, yeah. I'll have two or three. And it's still I'm thinking, oh my gosh, it's yeah it's slowed way down. What's <laughs> happening? um but yeah no that was that was insane Mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of um notes and team team approach
0: yeah yeah so going away from like what you're doing like in what in what like the real estate market in spokane like for buyers wise like i would recommend everyone to see tacy if they want to to well, to buy a house thanks, but Brennan. like when someone if someone was looking for a realtor like what should they be looking for like yeah. in in a realtor cuz like there's so many people out here that are just trying to make a buck and there are thousands of and, us and like and they're the influx of people in 2020 and 2021 like i think i don't know what the number was but i know that there was some Astronomical number of n- new real estate agents in in Spokane at the time. Yeah. Um,
1: no, there's a ton. We're yeah. we're all over the place. Yeah. Um, I always tell buyers, you. So first and foremost, you have to be comfortable with your realtor. So interview. Mm. I mean, go to lunch, have coffee, and you know, sit at your house and have them give you know give a tour to three or four different agents. Yeah. Um, number one, you have to feel comfortable with them because. That's a huge transaction. Yeah. I mean, you're dealing with hundreds of thousands of dollars. So Mm -hmm. you have to be comfortable with whoever you choose. Um, Number two, ask them about their communication style. Yeah. So if you are a phone talker and your agent Mm. will only text or vice versa, or you want to be notified, you know, every, you know, twice a day of what's going on. You need to be vocal about how you want to communicate yeah. and then find an agent that can match that. Yeah. Um also see make sure they're connected. Mm. So if they if it comes to inspection time and you have ten days of your inspection window mm. to get a roofer in, yeah. To get a plumber in, assess what's happening, they sure as heck better know. Roofers and plumbers that can squeeze them into your schedule and and get them in in that in that ten day yeah period. Um, it sounds
0: like establishing a like a like you're setting the the boundaries of a relationship. Like you're like sure. it's like you're like going on like speed dating. <laughs> totally <laughs> right. Yes, absolutely.
1: Um, I I tell people all the time like you you just you got to know because you're you're with that person solidly for I mean at least two months. Sometimes mm-hmm. sometimes I'll be showing people houses for a year before, two oh, years even yeah. before they find something. So you better at least like the person that, mm-hmm. that you chose as your realtor because you're going to be with them a lot.
0: Yeah. that's. I've heard horror stories of like people finding a real, like finding a real estate agent and then they and then the real estate agent ghosts them. That's like, terrible. And and like I feel like that was probably happening a lot. Like because if you're having five to six transactions two years ago, like I mean I could see how that could happen. But at the same time, you you want to find someone that is present and is available. But at the same time, you've got to respect that your agent is also a person and. Is it ha- probably might have a family, has yeah. you know personal things going on too. <laughs> like,
1: well, just don't be scared to communicate. So, yeah. if, I mean, a lot of agents will have buyers sign a, a buyer representation agreement mm-hmm. where the buyer is saying, "I choose you as my realtor and nobody else." Mm. And if that's the case, and if you've signed one of those, and then oh. they you're not happy with how they're communicating or how you think they should be doing their job. You just have to have someone you can have a conversation with and mm-hmm. say, I mean, no one no one wants to force somebody to work with them if they're unhappy with what they're working with.
0: The next question I want to ask, and this, this is for people who are like maybe looking to sell their house in Spokane and upgrade, like how's that market for people? I mean, I guess that there's always a market for that, but like is... that was the one thing that i was like it's that's not a good time to do that right now because the the annual percentage rate's too high and you have to get a new loan and all this stuff like i i know that that's probably not true like and i know that there's people who you know their family's growing and they want to go from their you know their starter home to their new home like yeah how's that market
1: you just gotta be creative man because (laughs) it's if you have a house right now Mm. and you likely have a three percent mm. you know two nine nine even if you have a really low interest rate yeah and you want to upgrade you have to forfeit that interest rate yeah to then be in a you know six six percent if you buy it down seven percent so that market is slow yeah um but again there are so many cool programs out there i just talked to a lender yesterday where they have a program where you can do like pull out a line of credit on your new house that you're buying. Mm -hmm. And then you essentially use that for your payments of that house. It's, I mean, talk to the experts, the lenders, they, they know all of these ins and outs, but there are a lot of different programs Mm -hmm. or take out a line of credit on your current house. Yeah. Use that as your down payment for your new house. Mm. And then if you can afford to move to your new one without selling, you got that covered. Totally. You can keep it as a rental even better. Yeah. Um. So there's, there's definitely ways to do it. Mm-hmm. It's just a little bit more creative thinking of how to keep that in your budget. But if ever you can buy and keep your current house as a rental.
0: Yeah, as a rental, yeah.
1: It's it an income-producing asset. You hold on to that as long as you can. Yeah,
0: that's for sure. Because, yeah, especially way. if you bought a house like – a long time ago and you're like, and you have like a $700 mortgage. Like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. you mean, that's, you can, you can rent that out for probably, you can probably make money. And, uh, I, have, I have, I have multiple friends who have done that and they just actually, they just hire an, an agency to help to do all that for them. And yeah. then so they take a, like a percentage of the, of the, of the rent per month, but then, but they're still making money. So like, yeah. it sounds like that sounds like a dream to like not have to worry about it. And to not really be the have to be the landlord too. Like yeah. I, I would if I was ever if I was doing that, I would definitely do that. You mentioned at the beginning, like to know like if you're wanting to buy a house to go find a lender. Is there people that you would recommend, or like, or is that something that realtors like keep close to their for sure to their chest? No, like, there's a lot I recommend. Okay, um,
1: any a lot of times the small independent brokerages. Are the best. Okay. Um. Nothing against the Wells Fargo's and the the Banner Banks, but those big banks, they do so many things. Mm-hmm. So they're not focused on all of the cool different home lending products. Right. Because they're so big, they do so many things. But there are some awesome local people that I work with. And if if buyers are pre-approved with a big bank or a rocket mortgage, don't ever do that. That's a terrible idea, first <laughs> of all. But... I always tell them, "Hey, here's three lenders that mm. have a conversation with. Yeah, and, you know, just to compare numbers, even. Mm-hmm. And they 100 of the time they will end up going with with one of the local guys because you you have to have someone you can text at 6:30 yeah. at night when you're looking at homes. If you find one you love, yeah, and you got to write an offer, you need to know numbers right away. Mm-hmm. That is clutch that's pretty crucial so yeah there's there's quite a few lenders depending on you know what your story is who who you need to work with Mm. um if you are a veteran Mm. there's a guy that specializes in va loans and he's amazing Um, yeah if you're looking for HELOCs, but you don't want to have to sell your old house there's a credit union that will do that where other banks won't do it. So it kind of depends on your situation is where I would refer...
0: Yeah, well, it kind yeah. of sounds like if you're if anyone that's listening would is interested in knowing who that is, reach out to Tacey. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah.
1: No, I'll share names for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, one.
0: it sounds like there's too many to list. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, this is awesome. I uh, next time I buy a house, I'll, I'll make sure I, I use you. <laughs> I
1: love it. It'd be a great time, Brennan.
0: Uh, and I, I also <laughs> want to tell everyone. And I already mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast, though. Like, this is going to be a, a quarterly conversation. I really want to help our our local listeners or people who are looking to purchase in spokane like if they're wanting to to know what's the how the market's going we're going to have this conversation every every three months and it will be i mean i want to have it be a little bit different every time too like i don't want to just be the same conversation but i i kind of want to just i'm, I'm going to keep my ear to the ground of how things are going and uh next time we we meet we'll have a We'll see how the market's going in Spokane and what's changed from the last time we talked. And uh, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. And um, I think it's something that there's not enough people in Spokane talking about it. Yeah. Because I feel like th- it. I feel like we should have had this conversation two months, two years ago. Right? <laughs> right? No, I
1: love it. I'm here for it. Happy to be here. Happy, to ha- happy. You had me. Yeah.
0: And uh, I should ask, like, how can people find you? What's the best way to to get in contact with Tacey?
1: Yeah. So I have a... The, my website is Um I'm on Instagram, Sweet Home Local. Mm-hmm. All my phone numbers, email addresses, they're all there. So, awesome. Yeah.
0: And you can find all that in links in the description of this podcast, too. Uh, and... But before I I let you go, I, I have to have you answer one final question, oh, which boy. I think is going to be very easy for you to answer, and okay. that is, why Spokane?
1: The people, man, mm. the people. We have the best yeah. community.
0: I love it. I, I I agree. I haven't. I feel like that's been a a very uh, trending topic for the why Spokane is. It's the people. It's the community, and I I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. So. Again, Tacey, this has been such a, a fun time talking, and I, I I'm looking forward to next time.
1: Yeah, thanks, Brandon.
0: Thank you all for uh, listening to Spocast. Uh, tell your friends, family, like especially people that are like you know moving to Spokane or people that might be interested in moving to Spokane. Like s- share this podcast with them because I feel like this would be very very helpful. And there's pe- there are really there are people in Spokane like Tacey realtors in Spokane that really want to help out like people from outside find their home and make them feel part of the community because i I feel like as we grow and we come become a even bigger little city it is gonna we're gonna get that influx of people and we can either be the people that like are kind of a-holes about them or we can be the people that embrace them and make them feel welcome and i think that's super important
1: spokane is the group that embraces man that's what we do
0: absolutely well again thank you so much peace